0: darklings, and trackers, this is the Scum and Schneek fantasy football show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in, and it's your boy, the Scum Summoner. Dang, holy smokes, I like that, and uh, hello to everybody out there. This is just regular old Schneek. Snake, it's been a pretty eventful two weeks since we've last recorded. Obviously had a little thing called the NFL draft, but how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I liked it. Uh, it was
1: fun having the draft and then all the conversations that came from it and people looking to see what they're going to be doing and where the, some of these players are going to be going. So again, like we keep saying, we're ramping up there. We're getting close to the start of the season. Training camps, all that good fun stuff. So, but the draft, it was fun. It was good to see it uh, back to normal. And I know that was first two days, especially. It was, uh, you know, a lot of back and forth between the group, and I'm sure all of our other loyal listeners out there to see all the shakeups and the fun and the trades and the moving and the. Yeah, it's just uh, it's good. Just feels like we're back in it.
0: Yeah, a little quiet on the trade front in the old LV Dynasty League, but I think maybe people are still just kind of. Digesting what happened. And obviously, they're probably waiting to hear from us on what our opinions are post draft and what they should be doing. So, understandable. I know I was looking at some stuff though. So, um, definitely moves to be made right now in the offseason, folks. This is the time to, you know, call your shots, look at the players, look at your team and say, okay, here's where I'm going to improve before my rookie draft or before, you know, however else you may be doing a dynasty league or a startup. So, Let's get after it. It's May. Before you know it, it'll be football season. So let's do it. Before we get into our topic for today, Snake, you know, we've got to do tea time. Tea time.
2: Something weird, something different. For today's Tea Time, we will be reading a live rendition of Biscuits by Douglas Adams performed by Schneek and Tyler. This actually did happen to a real person, and the real person is me. I had gone to catch a train. It was April 1976 in Cambridge, UK. I was about 20 minutes early. I'd gotten the time of the train wrong, or I suppose it's at least equally possible that British Rail had gotten the time of the train wrong. Hadn't occurred to me before.
1: Get on with it.
2: So I bought a newspaper to do the crossword and went to the buffet to get a cup of coffee.
1: You do the crossword? Yeah. Which one?
2: The garden, usually.
1: I think it tries to be too cute. I prefer the times. Did you solve it? What? The crossword in The Guardian.
2: Uh, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. I'm still trying to buy the coffee.
1: (laughs) All right then, buy the coffee.
2: I'm buying it. I'm also buying some biscuits. What sort? Rich tea.
0: Ah, good
2: choice. I like them. Laden with all these new possessions, I go and sit at a table. And don't ask me what the table was like because it was some time ago and I can't remember, but it was probably round. All right. So let me give you the layout. Me sitting at the table. On my left, the newspaper. On my right, the cup of coffee. In the middle of the table, the packet of biscuits.
1: I see it perfectly.
2: What you don't see, because I haven't mentioned him yet, is the guy sitting at the table already. He's sitting there opposite of me.
1: What's he like?
2: Perfectly ordinary, briefcase, business suit. He didn't look as if he was about to do anything weird. Ah, yes, I know the type. What did he do? He did this. He leaned across the table, picked up the packet of biscuits, tore it open, took one out and... What? Ate it. What? He ate it. What
1: on earth did you do?
2: Well, in the circumstances, I did what any red blood Englishman would do. I was compelled to ignore it. What? Why? Well, it's not the sort of thing you're trained for, is it? I searched my soul and discovered that there was nothing anywhere in my upbringing, experience, or even primal instincts to tell me how to react to someone who has quite simply, calmly, sitting right there in front of me, stolen one of my biscuits.
1: Well, you could. I must say, I'm not sure what I would have done either. So, what happened?
2: I stared furiously at the crossword. Couldn't do a single clue. I took a sip of the coffee. It was too hot to drink, so there's nothing for it. I braced myself. I took a biscuit, trying very hard not to notice that the packet was already mysteriously open.
1: But you are fighting back, taking a tough line?
2: After my fashion, yes. I ate the biscuit. I ate it very deliberately and visibly so that he could have no doubt as to what I was doing. When I eat a biscuit, it stays eaten.
1: So what did he do?
2: He took another one honestly this is exactly what happened he took another biscuit he ate it clear as daylight certain as we were sitting on the ground Uh. and the problem was that having not said anything the first time it was even more difficult to broach the subject the second time around what do you say excuse me i couldn't help noticing uh doesn't work So I ignored it with, if anything, even more vigor than previously.
1: My man.
2: Stared at the crossword again, still couldn't budge a bit of it. So showing some of the spirit that Henry V did on St. Crispin's Day. What? I went to the breach again. I took another biscuit. And for an instant, our eyes met. Just for an instant, and we both looked away. But I'm here to tell you that there was a little bit of electricity in the air. There was a little tension building up over the table about this time. I can imagine. We went through the whole packet like this. Him, me, him, me. In
1: the whole packet?
2: Well, it was only eight biscuits, but it seemed like a lifetime of biscuits we were getting through at this point. Gladiators could could hardly have had a, had a tougher time.
1: Gladiators would have had to do it in the sun. More physically grueling.
2: There is that. So... When the empty packet was lying dead between us, the man at last got up, having done his worst, and left. I heaved a sigh of relief, of course. As it happened, my train was announced a moment or two later. So I finished my coffee, stood up, picked up the newspaper, and underneath the newspaper... Yes, yes? ...were my biscuits! What? (gasps) What? True. No. And honestly, the thing I like particularly about this story is the sensation that somewhere in England, there has been wandering around for the last quarter century a perfectly ordinary guy who has had the exact same story, only he doesn't have the punchline. The end.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks again, T, for t- another great question that we would not have thought of ourselves nope that's why you're here we love you thank you that was a real doozy so today snake obviously we're going to do some reactions from the NFL draft overall I feel like for me it was kind of not a dud but I was kind of let down and I guess it was just because of comparisons to last year's draft where I was like oh man like these guys are all getting like great landing spots there's so many guys that I liked that I think are going to be good NFL prospects, mm-hmm. like a little bit less of that this year, I feel like. And I don't know, maybe I was just too hyped last year. Obviously it's hard for rookies to really show out. Uh, obviously we had Justin Jefferson and a lot of the rookie running backs be really good last year. So when I project this year, I think it'll be more so like you will see more Jalen Rager type seasons, uh, more, Michael Pittman, you know, like guys that were fine that you want to have yeah. on the team, but they're not going to be plug and play, you know, top 12 at their position every week.
1: Yeah, you're talking just kind of middle of the pack, middle of the road, decent, nothing too exciting out there. Anything like what we saw last year with a lot of these uh, receivers and running backs just like cracking like top fives, easy top
0: tens in the stats. You're, you're kind of calling for just. Kind of your basic run-of-the-mill rookie years. Right. Which, yeah, that's probably normal. And maybe we're just a little bit spoiled after last year and you know, debuting our podcast and being like, man, look at all these rookies. I was ready to have a little bit of that again. And honestly, I don't think we'll have that, but you know, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully, all these guys are just great right away again and it's gonna be fun. That's why we do it, and that's will remain to be seen.
1: But I can agree with you. I can I can see that. I mean. Uh, like I said, we'll just see what happens. But we're probably – if we're lucky, we might have one or two of these guys really, really
0: blow up. But, I mean, that's if we're lucky. Yeah. Well, let's get into it, Sneak. Today we're going to do winners and lahoosers from the draft. And we'll probably – we'll hit on some rookies just based on where they landed in the draft, whether that's team fit or draft round. You know, we expect more of the higher draft picks. Maybe some guys fell. some more surprises so we could talk about them but also we'll be talking veterans and how the draft impacted them you know did they have some competition come in that's going to take away from their their workload did someone get replaced uh, outright by a draft pick so we're going to get into all of that so uh where do you want to start how do you want to how do you want to do it i say you just i mean we can just throw names out there and we can start talking
1: we just just a nice little, no order to it. Just blast the name, and we'll
0: talk it through. Blasties, okay. Blast off. Do you want to talk? I think we'll kind of intersperse winners and losers. But where do you want to start? Do you want to start positive or negative?
1: <laughs> Wherever you want.
0: <laughs> Let's. I'm a. I'm an optimistic guy. Let's start with the positive. Let's start with a winner. I'll go first since I'm. I decided. And I think a huge winner, which is kind of like, I don't know, not maybe someone you wouldn't think of right away, but I think a huge winner coming after the draft is A.J. Brown, wide receiver from the Titans. So a lot of mocks projected that the Titans would take a receiver, maybe in the first, maybe in the second, just one of those higher-level guys. And they did not take one until the fourth round of the draft, if if I remember correctly. And that just solidifies to me what I think is going to be a monster year for AJ Brown. Like no target competition, it's going to be him, and then maybe Josh Reynolds, maybe Anthony Firkser as the you know second target leader, maybe even like Darrington Evans out of the backfield. I don't even know, but it's it's not it's not going to be anything there's no one that he should worry about soaking up targets. So I think Tannehill's just going to pepper AJ Brown and he's going to have a big, huge year. Yeah. I, so you don't think
1: ha, not having a second receiver is, is going to hurt him. Like he, he doesn't need any of the coverages to come off him. He can, he can handle being the the guy without any other help out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he'll have a little bit more focus, right. From the defenses, but they still have Derrick Henry to worry about, so yeah, like he'll get you know probably double covered, but yeah, they have to still consider Derrick Henry, and I think that just the sheer volume of targets he's going to get will offload any difficulties he might have. And I mean, who can really cover him? He's so big and fast, and he's shown that he can do it all. You know, maybe his hands aren't the best, but again, if he gets. 160 targets I, I think that's totally reasonable actually more because we're gonna have an extra game this season so like 175 target season coming up for AJ Brown like come on it's gonna be nice yeah. yeah
1: what it, he's been averaging like not even 100 targets a season right his first right. couple of years
0: so that's a good point I mean, a good point. Yeah. Corey Davis gone the Adam Humphreys gone, John Smith gone. And again, not replaced by anyone. Like, what's crazy is like no one as good as those guys who are okay, except for John, who he's the best. So yeah. I just think those targets are going to AJ, and he's going to have a huge year. Nice. I like that. Winners, winners from the draft,
1: winners from the draft. Well, I guess I can go with an obvious one here, even though it kind of, is a little bit of a loser for me, but I still have I still hold out hopes that Boyd, Tyler Boyd, my boy, is going to be just fine. But I guess a good winner here is going to be Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase, uh, adding to T. Higgins and Boyd uh, and Mixon and whatever else they're going to roll out there on offense. Uh, it looks like the Bengals are just loading up on offense and saying, all right, Burrow, go out there and be our guy. So I would say it's a big win for him. Uh, just to have all the options on offense, a lot of uh, mouths to feed. But as that quarterback, if you're owning him, I think Gooch has him and anyone else out there who might have him in a dynasty league, you should feel fairly confident that as long as he can stay healthy and not get sacked every play that he will, uh, he should have some pretty, pretty good numbers going into this year with the, just by the sheer amount of weapons and options he has You know, if there's a double coverage on somebody, if someone gets hurt, it's it's not the end of the line for that Bengals offense. So I think and I mean, easy call there that Joe Burrow probably gets a nice win after this draft. And I think, you know, I would have liked them to go top offensive lineman in the beginning, but I think they still were able to pick up an offensive lineman at some point in this draft. I don't know if it's the second or third round. So. As long as he doesn't get hurt and he stays upright, that offense should be good. So Joe Burrow, I would say, gets a nice win with the addition of Jamar Chase.
0: Yeah, I think we we mentioned that, too, on the pre-draft show. We said he was going to be one of our winners because with their draft pick, it was, it was either going to be a top offensive weapon or, like you said, Penny Sewell, the best tackle. So, you know, for his, like, long-term health, it probably would have been better to take the tackle. I know you wanted them to take him as well probably for – A mix and running game too, but Zach Taylor wanted to reunite that, you know, crazy LSU tandem that broke a bunch of records was super good. And I can't really fault them for that. I think they're still going to succeed. Obviously they have a good connection. So Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, probably both winners actually. Yeah. When we talk about a loser and probably the biggest one, I think everyone knows it and sees it, but James Robinson, from the jacksonville jaguars yeah big big obvious just a full bummer on that one coming off a top what six or seven year last year i don't really recall but true workhorse was good there was rumblings that this might happen but i mean it's it's pretty big pretty big indictment on what the team thinks of him when they use a first rounder on travis Etienne, like I would seen some mocks with ETN going there in the second round, but like first round pick for running back, uh, they obviously have plans for him. Urban Meyer likes to, you know, pass out of the backfield. And Travis Etienne obviously can succeed at that. So I don't think James Robinson is like going away. I don't think they're going to have – I don't think they're going to give ETN like 200 carries, but a huge blow. To a guy who was a breakout last year, and James Robinson. Yeah, I know Matt was
1: lamenting just in the fact of he's got Robinson, and just he, you know, and just in the fact that the Jaguars don't really, didn't really seem to need a running back. Uh, yeah, Robinson's definitely losing out on that. I would, uh, I, I, I think a lot of people are going to be curious and see what happens with that with that offense, how this the timeshare is going to look. Uh, but with taking such an early round on Etienne that it's almost a foregone that they you've got to play him. Uh, running back at that high of a pick, you've got to find a way to put them on the field. So maybe there can be a split there, a sharehold, and an ability for both those guys to produce at high levels, but I just don't know if I have the all the confidence that that offense is going to even be able to produce that many offensive weapons, especially – multiple running backs. So yeah, definite loser on James Robinson and just kind of a sad blow to all Robinson owners. Uh, but I, I mean, you hold out a little hope, hold out a little confidence that maybe, you know, 18 doesn't, maybe he's a horrible pass blocker and <laughs> James Robinson is just, it just plays a lot more than what we think. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good one.
0: Yeah. He could definitely still have a role and still be uh, useful and valuable. For fantasy is just like the the path to repeat even like a top 10 is like kind of kind of gone unless injury or what have you so hopefully not hopefully the jags are just go like 17 and 0 and score a million points <laughs> so i gotta
1: now this is gonna be a stretch on a loser here and i'm i'm just coming out there you know sometimes you know sneak just has some weird takes on this show but I'm going to say that the addition of Najee to the Steelers is going to make old Chase Claypool a
0: loser. Interesting. Okay.
1: I just started thinking about that today. I felt like last year, Claypool being that rookie, shiny new toy, uh, the Steelers really didn't have a direction in the run game last year, so they're just like, all right, Ben, go out there and throw it 50 times. Obviously, Claypool is going to be one of those recipients, just like that whole Steelers receiving core was. Uh, And this year they went running back and maybe they're going to get back to that Steelers ground and pound own the trenches, move the ball, take a little bit off their aging quarterback, which is going to deplete that Steelers receiving core in general. And I and they re-signed Juju, who's been a, you know, a name in that offense. They got Deontay, they got Claypool, but I just chose Claypool to be the one out of all those that's, you know, the less experienced. And now they got Najee, their shiny new toy this year. They're going to run him 350 carries a game and, and have him be the next awesome rookie, high producing player coming out of that offense. So I'm calling a little bit of a loser for Claypool. Uh, you know, he had a good, he had what I think 10 more, maybe even more touchdowns, probably close to 1,000 yards. I'm calling him to come way back down to earth and get lost a little bit in that Steelers offense.
0: I like that a lot, especially what you said about him coming off a huge touchdown year. A lot of his production and his blow up games for sure, where he had multiple touchdowns. Like that was where a lot of his value came from. And you just expect Najee Harris to score more touchdowns than than uh, James Conner did, obviously. Did James Connor even score last year? Who knows? Probably not. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> yeah, so those opportunities for Claypool are gonna go down a little bit. Um, you know, he was getting a lot of hype last year when he was having these huge games so I think you could see that come down to earth a little bit in his perception so I like that call I mean good for the Steelers offense overall and I think Najee's going to be really good we have the passing game we could see a little dip there uh, at least in one of the three receivers if not overall for all of them yeah I like that one how about another group of uh, loser receivers I think all the Giants not named Kenny Galladay are losers after this draft. Okay. Okay. I had, I was kind of getting on that Giants loser bandwagon a little bit as well. They took Kadarius Toney at like 20 overall, right? He was like the fourth wide receiver off the board, first rounder. But for that team, that was pretty bad. I mean, they didn't have a needed receiver. They just signed Kenny Galladay. They had Jerry Slayton, who's, Played well and performed well, and they've had Sterling Shepard who's done fine. Like, yeah, maybe they think that Tony is better than those guys, but just to spend that draft capital, I think it muddies muddies up that receiving core other than Kenny Galladay. So, yeah, maybe Tony is the breakout and like is the two to Kenny Galladay, but and I, I just see it being like they all kind of split time and get subbed in and out for each other, and uh, you know, kind of tanks the hope of any of them breaking out on their own, you know, if they weren't all on the same team. Yeah. And we, we had predicted that the giants were going to probably
1: take a receiver anyway. Yeah. Uh, In our previous show, uh, we didn't know it was going to be Tony, but like you, I mean, perfect point. You've got three, very capable, three to four, very capable receivers. And then you got Saquon in the backfield. Like they did not need the receiver. You know, I had maybe said, saw, saw them going after getting, waddle or one of the moors but bringing a receiver in there after just signing galladay having slayton and uh uh sterling it's yeah i don't i don't understand it either so yeah it's gonna you perfect point you kind of take all those receivers their production and naturally you got to probably knock them down a peg or two and i was kind of thinking just by the way the Giants drafted, taking another receiver, signing Galladay. And what I was saying a little bit about Saquon in the past is that I'm calling a little bit of a loser for Saquon, as well as that receiving core coming off the injury, drafting a receiver. I don't know. Is there, is there some writing on the wall or some, you know, murk in the waters to, to tell us what is your crystal ball telling us scum? Is it Is Saquon going to take some, not only a step back from injury, but a step back with his production and his ability to be that number one running back workhorse guy that they can rely upon, or is it going to be, well, we got Daniel Jones, we've got these receivers, let's take the load off of Saquon. And maybe he's not going to be though, that type of running back. I don't know. I I mean, I, it's, it's, to me, I'm making it, I'm, I'm justifying it in my head as I'm talking here, but am I, what are we thinking about that? Is
0: it, is Saquon really Saquon? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You're, you're publicly more anti-Saquon for sure. Which, I'm
1: yeah. not anti-Saquon. I, I do believe in him. I'm just
0: trying to read into what,
1: read into the Giants' mindset right now like is they just like we whatever we took the bet we took the offensive guy we wanted and it's fine or is you know it's kind of hard
0: not to say the injury the injury history what i don't know yeah i I mean i see where you're coming from it could have been a move to not only to improve uh this the shepherd or slayton spot but also give a little bit of insurance if saquon's not there especially early on in the season like You've got Tony, who's more of like a a yak guy. So instead of Saquon out of the backfield, you just have like a little, um, you know, wide receiver screen or a little curl or something to Tony to kind of replicate that. So maybe that was part of the thinking. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like what you said, we we kind of thought that one of the big name receivers might go to the Giants. In that case, I would have been like, okay, obviously that that uh, bumps down Slayton and Shepard. Um, but I think that guy we can kind of count on, right, if it was a Devonta Smith or, or Jalen Waddle, But yeah. it being Kadarius Tony, it's like it was, I think, kind of a reach, uh, especially after trading down. Like, I thought they were going to be done with looking at receivers until later. So it's just like, again, it's a weird fit to me where you don't have – at least in my opinion, like obviously they think differently, but you don't have a huge talent separator now with that first round draft pick and the other receivers you had uh, playing the slot or the, the wide receiver two rules. So I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. So maybe you're right. Maybe they are hedging a little bit for Saquon, but I just think it's like a, I think it's just like a dumb giants move personally.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Totally get behind
1: that. I don't know. I, Sometimes, you know me, I kind of go off of these conspiracy theory, random thoughts about these players that shouldn't be in those categories. But I don't know, man. Matt traded Saquon. Who would ever thought Matt would trade Saquon? It's
0: true. Does he know? Does he know something? Does he know? He, I mean, yeah, I get. I get. The, does, he listen uh, to, does he listen to me too much? <laughs> I mean, ACL is nothing, uh, nothing to sneeze at for an injury, but look at those legs. Who needs an ACL when you got quads like that?
1: No doubt. Let's stay with the losers because I got another one that's going to just really get you. All right, hit me with it. <laughs> All right. Oh yes, can't wait for you to fire back at me. So I would say one of the biggest losers of this draft, after what we saw this uh, during draft weekend and what is going to most likely happen. Don't even. I know what you're going to say to our to our league. To someone and someone's team in our league, and just anyone out there who's playing dynasty fantasy football, I caution you that you will be a humongous, a huge, I am talking a huge loser if you draft Kyle Pitts. How could you? (laughs) Oh, man. I, I just. he's not going to be good he's he's a fourth the fourth overall for a tight end he's whoever put drafts him is going to be very very
0: disappointed and that's that you're just mad because Hayden Hurst got replaced (laughs) he
1: didn't didn't get signed did he? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be a agent. I'm not mad about that. I don't care. I've got Hunter Henry in New England who's going to have 15
0: touchdowns. Back to Kyle Pitts, though. I mean, four for a tight end, it's high for sure. I get it. But, like, I thought I thought what you were going to say was uh, Julio Jones was the loser because of the, the Pitts draft pick and then all the trade rumors. So, yeah, I don't enjoy that currently all three of these stud guys Julio, Pitts, and Calvin Ridley are all on the same team. But I mean if if Kyle Pitts, if his floor for his career is Vernon Davis, like he's gonna be really good. You know what I mean? Maybe not worthy of four overall for sure, but I think he'll be happy with that.
1: Yeah, I just just not a fan. I'm not a fan of relying I mean, I mean, I guess I'm completely wrong because you've been winning out the wazoo, two-time winner back to back with Kelsey. I just, I don't am not a tight end. I, you know, it's good to have a, you know, it's good to have a tight end that's going to produce. But I just, I don't think of them as the player on your team that's that wins. But I guess I'm wrong because you have already always win.
0: (laughs) I like. Yeah, could could we all be wrong on Kyle Pitts? Sure. Like we've seen super athletic guys be be busts, but I don't know. So that that I'm
1: just gonna I'm just gonna be one one of my takes, one of my, my big things for this, I'm gonna put out there right now for just the season. Kyle Pitts will be an absolutely horrible, massive disappointment. And he'll go down as one of the
0: just the biggest busts ever. I mean, he could be a disappointment this year and still be like tight end seven overall. Like, <laughs> I know. I guess that's that's a really good point. Just with tight ends, they're so bad. They're so there's no depth there, and it's just like you can be very bad and still be very good. <laughs> like, like if anything on that offense, we know that like if they do end up not trading Julio, we know he still doesn't catch, catch touchdowns. So with this like massive red zone threat, like on the Falcons everyone back you know Matt Ryan Calvin Ridley too would you be surprised if Pitts caught like eight to ten touchdowns no I mean
1: yeah it's just hard it's hard for me to I mean I I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised I mean There's a lot of hype. I get it, so it's hard to like say okay. Yeah, it just comes down to the it comes down to the hype. It comes down to just my own view on tight ends. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if he catches if he gets close to ten digit uh, or uh, two uh, whatever I'm trying to say digit touch. You know, I'm I'm all close to that. Yeah. So,
0: well, we'll see what happens. We'll see where he goes in our rookie draft too, because I think it'll be really interesting to see who takes him in the first seven no so, so first eight picks a lot of the teams have some of our top tight ends chase has kittle doug has waller wade has tj hawkinson who was like tight end four last year so i mean are any of those teams gonna reach for a a tight end maybe if they're bought into the hype. so i don't know like i said it's just be interesting to see who who ends up taking the shot there and Maybe you're yeah. right. and Maybe they're sorely disappointed, but listen, say no, it won't be me because he's not going to fall to eight. Yeah. Let's get back on the, the winner's side here. Get a little awesome. bit of a negative. Let's knock out some of the kind of easy ones that you'll see just around on uh, whatever, you know, fantasy outlets you may be cheating on us with, but Mike Davis and Miles Gaskin, both big winners. And you'll see that around, like I said, and I agree because they did not have competition come in with any serious draft capital, um, the yeah. Falcons signed a couple undrafted free agent running backs, I think, and then the Dolphins took some guy I had never heard of before in like the seven. So both those guys are looking like they're going to step into three down roles that they showed they were capable of handling last year, and I mean their values is pretty high right now. Like, yes, could they get usurped or or swooped on by some, again, rookie that we haven't heard about yet, a la James Robinson, or do they sign a free agent out there who's going to surprise us? Maybe, but they're looking pretty secure right now as starters with with heavy workloads coming at at them. Yeah. uh, Any Gaskin, Mike Davis owners
1: out there in Dynasty Leagues, and I know Matt's got both of them in ours, the South Dakota Buffalo. He dodged some huge bullets there retaining those starters. And those guys on those teams. So definitely agree. Those are huge winners across the board. Uh, and I feel like anyone who owns those players could feel very confident going into this season that they've got those two starting backfields those locked up. You got another winner? All right. I got a winner for us here. It's just going to it's going to be a rookie. It's going to be someone who's near and dear to my heart. Someone who I've just grown to love and admire and, and, and respect the game and the, the work ethic. And I just cannot wait to see what this career blossoms into. Uh, and that is Amon Ra St. Brown.
0: There he is. I have him too. Going to
1: the Lions, joining that ragtag weird receiving room that uh, is all just in bunches at this point. What a good landing spot for him in the fourth round going to the lions kid. It just got a clear path to starting role. I feel like I think the guy's got some really good underrated skills just watching some of the pro days and some of the highlight films and, and just seeing what he can do. I'm just excited about him going to the lions and I will do my very best to get him there uh, onto the old Schneek squad, but Probably not going to happen, but huge winner for him and anyone out there who's targeting, uh, you know, a receiver. I think that's just a really good spot for him. Like, they've got such a weird receiving core that it could easily be the uh, Amon-Ra-Quintez show before we know it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you and I have talked about it. There's some other guys who there's going to be a race to draft Amon-Ra-St. Brown. And uh, I don't know, we're probably driving up the the, uh, desire for him as we speak, but like you said, he's just walking into a situation where he could easily become the number one really early and just soak up targets from Jared Goff. Uh, he's competing with Quintes Cephas, as you mentioned, who was like a fifth rounder last year. Um, Tyrell Williams, who is a career hurt guy. Prashad Peribon, who's basically a career disappointing guy. And I don't know who else, can you name anyone else on that team? uh geronimo allison i think is there yeah i was just about to say i think it's allison like you
1: said tyrell williams and then yeah it's just such a it's a very weak weird receiving core that it's gonna be i mean why not be amin wrong quintez i mean
0: easy yeah and with with those guys we mentioned too, the veterans tyrell williams and rashad perriman are both like outside field stretcher guys right jared goff likes to throw to cooper cup and robert woods who were you know, running nice routes intermediately, so uh, I mean, again, probably driving up Amon Ra's draft draft price right now, but hey, he's worth it. He is worth it. I mean, name alone, he's worth it. I mean, goodness. So let's do uh, let's stick with the Lions. I think a big winner tandem is DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. One because of the the draft pick of the Lions in the first round of Penny Sewell just helped that run game get the, get some you bodies know. moved out of the way there for their for the running very, lanes. Very, very good. Yep. Yeah. And then the recent news of on Johnson being cut. It's kind of I feel I I really liked Carry on is after his rookie year and even had hopes for him, you know, that he could overcome the injuries. But getting him off the Lions roster really just clears up the way for these two guys. Like they're going to be it. Right. Swift is obviously still going to be the leader, but now Jamal is not competing for carry on. And then both of them just have less like, you know, vulture opportunities or whatever you want to call it. So I think both are big winners. Um, Dan Campbell too, probably is like a, I want to run the ball a lot guy just because he's so weird. (laughs) So I I, just, I think the both will have pretty good years. I don't know what their ceiling is. Um, Swift specifically. If you ask Brandon, he's a top five running back. But Do nothing, Camish. I just think though that they're still they're still winners after after everything that's happened in the past couple of weeks. Definitely, definitely agree with that one. Let's go. Let's go back to a loser that I have again connected to carry on. I'll just kind of keep rolling here. But I think Miles Sanders is a little bit of a loser from this draft.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. They, The Eagles, that is, drafted Kenneth Gainwell pretty late, which was a surprise, I think. But he's still another back to add to their stable. And his, his forte is as a pass catcher. And that's kind of what we hung a lot of value uh, for Miles Sanders on, is his pass catching ability and his three-down roll. So that's going to get eaten into a little bit. And then they're the ones, the Eagles are, that signed on Johnson off of waiver. So, again, I don't think he's going to have a big role, but just another body that they probably feel comfortable putting out there. Um, really good in pass pro. So, Miles Sanders could start seeding a little bit of work, and we could see someone that was like pretty hyped by me, even, uh, start to fall a little bit in esteem and fantasy rankings and production. Yeah, what's – I mean, I don't want to derail us too much, but what yeah. is up with the Eagles, like, just
1: not committing to Miles Sanders and just always having the weirdest stable of running backs, of guys that you've heard of and that have been productive, and then now they
0: just have – don't don't they – do they still have Jordan Howard? Yep, they, they re-signed him, actually. Like, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, uh, signed carry-on.
1: They still probably got, like, Boston Scott out there. Like – what is going on with the Eagles and is the big, I mean, is the biggest loser of all Miles Sanders? Like, is he just not good? Apparently he's not hit him with the stat
0: you told me about the other day. Scum. All right, let me pull it up. This is uh, i guess we'll take you guys behind the curtain. I mean, it just, that was that stat just blew my mind. Okay. You ready for this? So career rushing stats. Miles Sanders, three hundred forty-three attempts, four point nine yards per carry, pretty good. Six hundred or sixteen hundred eighty-five yards and nine touchdowns. Okay. Josh Allen career rushing stats: three hundred attempts, five point two yards a carry, fifteen sixty-two yards and twenty-five rushing touchdowns. So, if Josh Allen was a running back, you'd say he has been better than Miles Sanders. Yeah, just and only forty-three less attempts, rushing attempts.
2: Just crazy, just crazy.
1: Oh yeah, Miles Sanders. I will agree with you a billion percent. The the biggest loser of all. Just he's I don't. There must be something out there we don't know, or you just they're just gonna be.
0: I don't know, man. Yeah, I. I mean, I think maybe we just hyped up the talent a little too much. I mean, I think he's still good, but yeah, that that hope for a three down. Still set in workhorse role, I don't think that's going to materialize. And and that's where it falls off. You know, those guys, you know, people said he was the next CMC, right? Like he was the next big breakout. Obviously not as good, but I don't think that's going to happen. Agreed. I got another loser back that I wanted to talk about. So, again, I'm just going to keep rolling here. The Niners running back stable, all big losers because – the Niners drafted Trey Sermon in the third round. Okay, that was weird when they have a bevy of good running backs already, right? Mm-hmm. And then they drafted Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round. So they drafted two running backs in this draft draft to add to Raheem Mostert, to add to Jeff Wilson Jr., to add to Wayne Gallman, who they signed. All have produced and done well in games that they've started and gotten, you know, like a bunch of carries. I thought both those picks were just weird. I think it means that one of those veterans is on the way out um, or maybe like Elijah Mitchell doesn't make the team because he was a six round pick, but it's like, what, what is the plan here, Kyle Shanahan? Like, do you not like most or do you just like rotating them? Do you count on them getting injured every year? So you just want to make sure you have a lot of good running backs. Like what is, what is going on with that situation? So I, I don't think it's good news for mostert for sure or Wilson. Um, and I don't know what to make of it, honestly. Yeah, I think you made a good
1: point there when you said just I think they just count on their running backs getting hurt and they want to have a nice little handful of them ready to go all within the same, you know, kind of packages and all the stuff they want to do out of the backfield. So they just kind of lock up and you see some teams kind of doing that. We, we just talked a little bit about the Eagles, like just having running backs, having the ability to. Someone pound it, someone out the, uh, on the red zone, someone out the backfield. Like there's just some teams out there that don't want to commit to one guy and just, you know, because of injuries and different playing styles and stuff. So, yeah, I I would agree with you. That's a little, that's that's not good for owners of backfields like that. So you got the Mostert and then you got the addition of Sermon and whoever else that they're going to out there is, don't want to play the game of who's going to get the, who's going to get the, Role that week is it going? You know, it's just too much of a crapshoot and a toss-up to try to play that game, unless, I mean, unless you just really, really,
0: really got a pulse on what that team's doing. But it's hard. It's it's hard. So I would agree. Not even we didn't even talk about Trey Lance, who from the five-yard line in, he he is going to carry the ball. He's going to get the rush touchdown. Like, I firmly believe that. Like, he's going to take the snap and then just go take off. So some of your upside there too for like goal line type work for those running backs, just a messy situation. Just messy, messy, messy. Do you have a nice happy winner for us that you could share? Happy, happy winner. Well,
1: kind of another obvious one, I suppose, but the addition of Justin Fields to Chicago makes that receiving core in Chicago better a little bit more happy, uh, definitely winning with uh, Allen Robinson, Mooney, maybe even the likes of Komet or whoever they're going to run out at tight end. You know, a solid rec- – I mean, I'm a I'm – Justin Fields is the man. I am a huge Justin Fields guy. He's going to be that starter probably within a month, first four weeks or so, and all the receiving options in, in Chicago should benefit uh, right away. And, I mean, it's kind of an obvious pick, but I think we all can agree. I think any, anyone out there who's, you know, listening, running a dynasty team, getting a hold of that Fields, getting a hold of that maybe that stack with a Fields Robinson, Fields Mooney, uh, with the running – of that whole offense in Chicago has just gotten a lot better and is and is uh, going to be a lot – or is going to be big winners all around, even – I mean, I want to say just for the just for the sake of controversy that Montgomery might be a tad bit of a loser, but I think just all around that whole offense is going to
0: just be better. Absolutely agree. Just huge win for the Bears overall, real life and fantasy. Uh, I also love Justin Fields. So I think big upgrades to, or maybe not even an upgrade because Allen Robinson's always been like a top 12 receiver, but just like he could now jump into that like top six, top five conversation where it's like, dang, like you have Al Robinson, you're probably gonna like win your week just because he's that good. How about I'll, I'll stay positive to another winner? How about a rookie? And a guy we didn't talk a lot about on the pre draft show just because he went to like a small school, but he got pretty high draft capital and went to a really good situation with a really good quarterback that's Dwayne Eskridge going to the Seahawks okay now I know they've got Lockett they've got Metcalf so yeah he's not going to be heavy targets or anything but I mean he probably soaks up the combination or at least a lot of you know the Freddie Swain David Moore uh, you know whoever else they were kind of trotting out there that would have decent games like with a second-round pick, they're going to use him, right? They're going to scheme for him. They're going to plan to have him involved. So, yeah, Dwayne Sbridge, hard name to say, but I think he'll be good. And, you know, he's, like, fast and athletic and shifty. So uh, as long as he gets open, Russell Wilson will find him. I think it's a good spot for any receiver, but him specifically with what they invested in him should be pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I got a, I got a little bit of a winner
1: here and it's a little, it's coming from my team. I'm going to say that Matt Stafford is just even more of a winner. I know you're not a two, two Atwell guy. I don't even know who he is, but just the fact that the Rams went out and got another pass catcher to add to what the really, really good receiving core they already have. I think that just puts another win in the column for Matt Stafford's first year in uh, LA for the Rams they're loading up. They're ready to give him the reins of that offense. I'm, I'm, I think that's a winner for him to get himself another receiver. I know you probably don't
0: like the guy, but why don't you like him? I don't like him because he weighs what I did when I was 15 years old.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: He's like
2: 150.
0: He's, he's, he weighs less than uh, Devonta Smith. I don't care how fast he is. Aaron Donald can just pick him up like one-handed. <laughs> He'll probably get, like, return game work. they will probably try to, you know, I don't know, give him, like, a bomb play here and there or, or, like, get him on a little screen and try to see if he can outrun everyone. But I have no faith in him. And then once, like, I don't know, he probably won't stay healthy. Just, like, I I don't understand why they used a second-round pick on that guy when there's other, like, fast field stretchers that were available. I don't know. I hate the pick, honestly. I think the Rams are losers because they're dumb. And then they took another receiver in, like, the fourth. And you have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. That's <laughs> average, a win- a average a winner, man. Just, like, yeah, Staff- Stafford is a winner. I agree. I was high on him anyway, but I still don't get the Rams. <laughs> And their, their GM, like, had to leave their Malibu draft house because he got, tested positive for COVID. So I feel like that's probably what happened. They're like, Sean, Sean McVay, do you want to – what do you want to do? I want a receiver, obviously. Give me the fastest think, guys you've I, got. I think I'm seeing
1: why you you said that this draft wasn't as flashy and as fun. You, you just – a lot of, lot of these teams were – at least from my, our perspective, we're like, why, like, why are you picking another receiver? Like, why aren't you getting? So I, I kind of can. I think our viewers and our listeners can see that, like, this draft, although fun and and you know good and all that stuff, there was a lot of weird picks out there. I'm I'm
0: seeing that as well now. Weird picks. I. That's what I'm saying. So some guy that we haven't talked about because I don't. I don't have him as a winner or a loser, but we should probably talk about him anyway on a post-draft show. It's Javante Williams, who went to the Broncos after they traded up in the second round to get him. Mm -hmm. They had Melvin Gordon, and they have Royce Freeman. So I know, yeah, that's not like your your running back stable of the future. But 203, like he was still going to be there, I think, later. I guess not. I think the, the report was that Atlanta or Miami was going to, like, take him there. But still, did you need to go running back that early? And also, Melvin, you're paying Melvin Gordon, like, $10 million. He's going to play this year still. So, I don't know. It's just going to be a a running back you're going to sit on. I I thought that was weird. It's also kind of fitting what we talked about, the surprise team getting a running back, and we're not really that huge um, fans of the landing spot. But, I don't know. Did you – do you find like Javante Williams a winner? Is Melvin Gordon a loser? Or just kind of like what I was saying, it's kind of just weird and in between and we'll have to see what happens. Hmm, that's a good question. First thoughts would be that I, I, would,
1: I would consider, I guess, maybe a wash kind of across, across the middle, no change on, on either guy. I think, yeah. I mean, you can make the case that Melvin Gordon was going to be a lot better, a lot more productive and kind of a sneaky play this year. The, the addition of Williams will definitely eat into that, cut into that, but they probably will. It's a, it's a hard that's a hard one. That's a really good. I think for me, I just I would say it's probably just a, a wash across the board. And and it's just a kind of a remain to be seen. I don't want to call Gordon a loser, but I don't want to say either of them are winners in that because I think it's going to be maybe they're setting it up for a legit you know, uh, competition camp and maybe someone will come out there as the number one guy. Yeah. Kind of hard, kind of hard to say.
2: Yeah.
0: That's why I, you know, didn't really have them in either category too. So we're on the same page. You want to just do, we're kind of getting towards the end here. So do you want to do a couple of like rapid fire ones that I have? And then why don't I just present those and you tell me if you agree or disagree? All right, let's do it. All right. Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith winners for being reunited and they they have like that connection where he's going to Devontae Smith's going to get a bunch of targets and it's going to help Jalen Hurts um, and Jalen Hurts didn't or the Eagles didn't draft a quarterback so Jalen Hurts is kind of yep. their guy at least this year I would I'm going to say the losers I don't I think that connection is going to
1: be not what people think it is no I don't think re- reconnecting reuniting anything
0: along those lines. I'm saying, I'm saying. All right. How (laughs) about, how about the Indianapolis Colts wide receivers, like namely T Y Hilton, Michael Pittman, because they didn't draft another wide receiver until like really late. So a lot of mocks projected that they were going to add to that room, but now it looks like uh, just kind of more targets for them.
1: Yeah. I, I think with Wentz there, not getting another receiver and just loading up with Pittman, T.Y., whoever else they're doing there, I would say those guys are winners. I think that offense is going to be drastically better in the passing game this year, a lot more consistent and able to produce uh, receivers across the board. So all you T.Y. guys, don't
0: be sad. Be happy. Oh, yay. Okay. Loser Rashad Bateman because he goes to the Ravens.
1: I guess a slight winner just because who else is uh, old Lamar Jack going to throw it to? <laughs> I,
0: I think the, I think why Adam as a loser is just because yeah, Lamar, he's one of Lamar's better targets now with Mark Andrews. And then I guess Hollywood, but how many times is Lamar going to throw the ball in general? It's yeah. not going to be a lot. So I think, uh, yeah, like you like to see a good player go to a good team. And maybe, like, you know, I, I kind of dinged AJ Brown for going to the Titans where they don't throw a lot, or DK Metcalf when he went to the Seahawks where they're kind of like a run first team. Like, these guys can't overcome that. So maybe he's the next person to do it, but I still don't like it. Don't like any passing options for the Ravens, I've decided. Yeah. I mean, I can be right there with you. I was just trying to be a little bit, a little bit positive. <laughs> All right loser mac jones for falling and then ending up at the patriots where he probably won't start until like the end of the year and just some strange weapons aside from their tight ends yeah i would agree loser dropping
1: in the draft we predicted that he was going to fall a bit uh probably you know outside of fantasy maybe good for his career but (laughs) fantasy wise yeah loser i would stay away that offense this is gonna be weird besides
0: Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Of course, of course. Okay, loser. Hesse's dynasty team because the Broncos drafted Javante Williams, so no, no good news for Melvin Gordon. The Bengals drafted Jamar Chase, so not good news for T. Higgins. Jameson Crowder probably gonna get cut after the Jets drafted Elijah Moore and just being Hesse. Agree, yeah. agree.
1: You, you make a compelling case there scum but I will agree with you Jesse's team is a and Hesse's team is a huge loser after the draft All right I think that about sums it
0: up <laughs> Oh Jesse Hesse what a guy uh, overall though like like I said um, not my favorite draft that I've covered in my whole two years of doing this podcast so <laughs> <laughs> Yes that's good. So we'll see how it turns out. I mean, obviously, some top-end talent there, and there's always sneaky guys that you can find. Like, So I think the next step is just preparing for that slow draft, trying to get up into uh, a high, higher pick if you don't have one, and getting your guy. Great example of that is last year. Matt traded up, got Antonio yep. Gibson. Turned out to be a pretty good move.
1: Yes, indeedy. Just uh, don't lose hope. Find that nice trade, find that nice, you know, examine your team, see what it is you want to do. Don't be afraid to throw out the feelers, ask the questions. Maybe you'll get your hold of somebody that will turn your team around. And that's, uh, that is why we do it here. We got to, someone's got to come for you scum. I don't know who it's going to be.
0: Me. You're just going to well, keep winning every year. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that what we all agreed upon? Yeah. I mean, I think that that would be perfect and exactly what we need. All right. I think so, too, in these trying times. I mean, you want a strong leader, right? You don't want to be lost to some willy-nilly, you know, psycho at the top of your league. Do not want any willy-nilly psychos out there winning ever. Okay. Sounds good to me. Well, guys, I know this is probably like a shorter one, and, you know, we're just trying to keep giving you episodes that are somewhat relevant. A lot of this will change, As we get closer to the real season, we'll start hearing camp reports. There'll be like cuts and trades still. And, you know, one guy we didn't talk about just to kind of wrap up some more of the news too, is Amari Rogers, who normally you're like, okay, great. Green Bay drafted a wide receiver. That's a great scenario. Oh, who knows what Aaron Rodgers is going to do this year. Yeah. A lot in flux, a lot to still go over and talk about, but, hopefully you're starting your research and getting ready to draft these rookies and, you know, start having them on your dynasty team. Yes, indeedy. Oh, D.D. Westbrook. He's going to get signed somewhere. I'm excited about that. D.D.'s back, guys, after a terrible ACL injury. And as we've said today, talking about Saquon, everyone comes back from ACL injury even better. Yes. So forget everything I said about Saquon. He's going to be amazing. All right, folks. Well, thank you again for listening. Uh, I don't know if I put an ad in here, so we're just going to have to—I don't know—pay the bill some other way this week, sneak So uh, hopefully, you can get creative.
2: Do your monster truck and The family come be bigger. How to link to monster ticket. You to call coming to get awesome to a
0: monster. Bear. Good luck to you out there, my friend. Close us out. Alright, thank you again to everybody
1: and we will see you next time. Good
0: bye. Bye. that hold on Uh, now you know the surprise though